on page Reish Beis 202 <coughs> two lines on the top after the parentheses we'll be finishing this part of the Mimer today and this year the next page Reish Gimel starts another Chiluk of this Mimer continuing to explain these ideas of the three stages the Meitzel, the Emanator and then the ten hidden spheres within the Emanator and then the ten revealed spheres in Atzilus um, so we've just been speaking about According to all these mesholim of the essential kliches within the nefesh, they're totally stripped from any mitzius, even their own mitzius, like the kliach eish, which within the within the flintstone, there's no existence of actual fire within the flintstone, as opposed to the fire which exists within the coal. So, to the ten spheres, even though they are spheres, nevertheless, they're not mitzius; they're not their own mitzius at all. They're totally, and also because they're not their own mitzvahs, they're also all the spheres are totally included together and unit unified. Um, and this, then we said, it will explain, will help us understand the two names Havaya which appear before the ten, the thirteen attributes of mercy, Hashem, Hashem, Havaya, Havaya, Kel, Rachem, Chan. Thirteen attributes of mercy are the source of all of existence. Let me explain why is that. Even though they're very lofty levels, the thirty attributes of mercy, nevertheless, they are shayachim l'mchinasayim. They relate to the world, like the verse implies in the inner meaning of the verse is chir rachamecha v'chasadecha, which are referring to the rachamecha, the thirteen attributes of mercy, because they relate to the oilam. And they are the sources. They are the sources of all creations within the world. Because immediately when it arose in Hashem's will to emanate the world of Atsilus and basically to be to be called by these specific attributes that are um, characterized in the world of Atsilus and all the spheres of Chesik, Vuda, Tiferes. So immediately when it arose in His will to create this world and to become, so to say, called by these names, by these characteristics of merciful, kind, etc., um, immediately at that moment, that's when they were created. Because if there is nothing, if nobody in the world to receive from these traits of Rachel, Mechano, etc., so how can he? How can he be called these names then? So the thirty matches mercy are these. Hashem is kind, merciful, etc. Immediately when he is called those names, that means that obligates there must be a receiver of that. So therefore, there must be a world, and that's why all these different descriptions can only be applied to Atsilas and below, but to Hashem in his very essence, there's no description or name that can apply to him at all. And that's why all the that can answer all the the, the question of the Chikim, how can you apply any descriptions to the infinite essence of Hashem? Because the true and the answer is because all these descriptions only relate to the levels of godliness which relate to worlds, the more contracted and diminished levels of godliness. And and from the world's perspective you can have these descriptions, but to Hashem's and His very essence, it's not possible to apply any of these names at all, because He's the only existence, and therefore there is no nothing to receive from these descriptions. The descriptions apply that there is a receiver of this character trait. Um, and Mele, it's not Shaykh, any of these descriptions, like Rach Machanon or any of the names, Kil, Likim, meaning that Hashem in His very essence is the only existence, and therefore he, who can He be merciful to? There is no subject of that mercy because he is the only existence in his very essence. Kulik make a nothing else exists except for him. 
from that perspective. There is nothing else that exists. And even Shema Vaya is not Shaykh, is not relevant. You can apply it to Hashem's true essence. Um, because Shema Vaya also relates to worlds. And then we said in the parentheses that there is another aspect of Shema Vaya, Shema Etzim, but it's, without, it's not expressed by the actual letters of Yud Kevavke. Okay, so now continuing two lines at the top of Reish base. Therefore, being that the 13 attributes of mercy, their whole existence, their whole purpose is to be, be the source of creation. Um, therefore, in order that these 13 attributes to be able to be drawn down from Hashem's very essence, it's only through many contractions of the infinite energy of Hashem until it becomes related to a level which can relate to the limited worlds. To the extent that it says in Kabbalah and Chassidus that the 13 attributes of mercy were drawn down through this way which is called through Sidus, through the hair's follicles which is a muscle to understand the intense contraction of the divinity that these the, the divinity goes through in order to be able to come down to this level of the 13 attributes of mercy which relate to worlds. Just like, for example, the physical hair follicle, within the hair follicle, there's a very minuscule amount of energy from the soul or from the brain, which has no comparison whatsoever to the actual energy of the, the person itself, the actual soul of the person. That's why the 13 attributes of mercy are called the 13 strands of the beard meaning they relate to this idea of these hairs of the beard. The way that they're drawn down from the essence of divinity is through this very intense contraction, which is compared to the contraction that the soul energy goes through the hair follicles. So now we're going back to understand these two names of Vaya before the 13 aspects of mercy. So this is the idea of Shema Vaya. So the idea of the Shem of I, which is before the 13 attributes of mercy, when it says, Hashem, merciful and gracious, Yud, that the, the Shem of I is made up of the four letters, Yud and He and Avav and He. So the Yud, the first letter, Meira Allah Tzimtzum. This displays, shows you the idea of Tzimtzum, which is happening, just like the, the small point of the Yud, the small little contracted point that indicates the idea of Tzimtzum, of the contraction and um, concealment of the, of the infinite revelation of godliness. So the Yud, so the Shemavai before the 13 Attributes of Mercy, 13 Attributes of Mercy we already established are relating to a level of divinity which relates to creation, already diminished, contracted. So before that you have the Havai, which is the Yud, first the Tzimtzum, in order to get to the divinity, the infinite revelation should be able to get down to that level to relate to creation. Shenim that's only drawn down in a Kuda, a point, a small, basically diminished, contracted level of divinity. And then the second letter of Shemavaya is He, which the shape of the He has the Eurech Verichav, is a length and breadth, width. That shows the, it shows that afterwards, after this initial stage with the Tzimtzum, there's a Spashtis, a extension of the divinity. Meaning now there's extending out a level, it's a level of godliness of divinity which now can relate to creation. The initial the Tzimtzum itself is not going to be able to bring about energy for creation. So first you have to conceal the infinite energy. And then after that initial concealment, there is a spashtus, 
an extension, basically an expression of the divinity which is going to relate to, cre- to creation. But still, the initial hay is to how it's still this, this divinity is still within the, the mitzel, in the emanator. Then there's the hamshacha, that's the vav, the shape of the vav is the a line going from above to below. And that's when now the divinity is actually being drawn down into, towards, so to say, creation. And then the last hay is the spashtus within the makabal, how the actual creation receives that divinity, that revelation, that limited revelation of godliness. So this is all the steps that the divine energy, an infinite divine energy has to go through in order to be able to be, able to be relating to the source, a source for creation. So, in order to be able to bring about the creation of these 13 attributes of mercy, which, which are the source for the world. These 13 attributes of mercy, like we said. But Hashem, in His very essence, is totally exalted and above this definition, this realm of being related to creation. Because in his very essence, he's the only thing that exists, and and in his perspective, nothing else really exists at all. And therefore, he's totally above this idea of relating to creation, that, that, that there should be a makabal to his divinity. And therefore, in order that there should be able to be drawn down from this level that we're talking about, the Hashem's true essence, which from that perspective of His true essence is who is the only He, is the only existence, nothing else exists, there is no Makabal. In order that there should be drawn down from that lofty level of the Hashem's true essence to be to be brought about the idea of Shem Havaya, which is the source of the 13 attributes of mercy. With Shem Avaya is basically the the steps that we have to go through to get from the in, the infinite essence of Hashem down to a level of divinity which can relate to creation, and should be able to be brought to basically bring about eventually the creation of limited worlds. There has to be a source, a root for this. And the source, the ultimate source for this, is that Hashem and it rose in Hashem's will. Arose in Hashem's will to emanate and to draw down this aspect, this level of Havaya, which is the source of the creation of the 13 attributes of mercy, which they are the source of all the actual creation. So there is two steps really here. There's Vayikra Havaya Havaya. There's the initial Havaya, which that's the initial source, which is Hashem's will for creation. And then from that will stems the second Havaya, which is the four steps that the infinite energy of Hashem has to go through in order to be able to eventually relate to creation, and then that's when you bring about the creation of the Yigim Yisrael which are the source for the actual creation. Um, and this is now what it says before the 13th Matrix of Mercy, it says, and he called out, Moshe called out, deeper explanation here, not that either Moshe called out or Hashem called out, but here it's, you say, Vayikra, he called out, calling, when you call somebody, they should come to you, you're being mamshech, that person to you, so Vayikra, Havaya, Havaya, Shavaya, Aleph, the higher level of Havaya is, Koyro, Mamshech, Havaya, Habayis, Lies, Nehet, Solis, Amiz, Galiz, Yudim, Mechilin, Darachmi, Shem, Bekeris, so that the Havaya, Aleph, the initial Havaya, the higher level of Havaya, Havaya, Dele, Elo, 
meaning the initial rotten of Hashem for creation, is so to say calling out, is drawing out, drawing down. It's causing to be drawn down. The second level of Ayah, which is the four steps to bring the infinite revelation of godliness to finitude, to basically relate to finite creations. In order that they should be able to be emanated and revealed, the 13 attributes of mercy, which are the source for all of actual creations. And this level, that which arose in Hashem's will to create the worlds, which is the first of Tzur, That is what we call Tzur, the initial Tzur, the, the, like we said, the Flintstone, the initial source for all of creation. The shorshe, it's the obchenestur. The shorshe avoyis boy behelim bekoyachulu. Like we said before, that the Flintstone, that the it's a helim she'enim b'mitzias. The aspect of the fire does not exist in a revealed way. It does not exist and have a real existence within the Flintstone, but it does have the helim she'enim b'mitzias. It is a koyach for fire, or a koyach of chayim of heat. So this is the idea. This initial havaya, Hashem's will for creation, that is the tzur. That the shorsha avoyis boy, that all the 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 source for all of creation is within this level in a concealed way, in a concealed way, and just potentially. Vehine, so behold, the habir, the aninasati, and this beer, the mimer, which explains the mimer title aninasati. Revur, I'm not sure if it's referring to the mimer and terer. Look at the teda, or mimer that we recorded earlier. So in that beer, um, the, it says, it's before it explains that the Indian Esther's It says that the idea, the concept of the ten hidden spheres is really expressed by the idea of Shemes, only names, meaning a very low level. Name is not the essence of the person at all. You can't tell a person at all by his name. And a person that, to himself doesn't need a name, only in order for other people if he would be the only person to exist, he wouldn't need a name. For other people to call him by his name, he needs a name. So the ten spheres, the ten hidden spheres, are actually expressed by just the concept, the simple concept of names, which is a very, very low level. The Yuvan, so let's understand that. Yuvan Ashvachim. To understand this by way of analogy, the idea of praises. A person is praised by the names of a Chachim. They call him, wow, you're so wise, you're so kind. Or all these different types of praises you give to a person for his outstanding qualities. And one of the purposes of praising this person by these different qualities is to arouse these qualities within him. And when you do bring out his positive qualities, it, it does bring those out, it reveals them. That's why it's very important to praise a person, and especially children, um, to praise them to, in these positive qualities to help bring them to the surface instead of pointing out all the negative things they do. So that's, that's the idea of praising. We're going to apply this also to godliness. Why are we praising Hashem? Even though that this specific quality that you're praising the person about that he's kind or that he's very wise, it could be at that, at that moment it's concealed. You don't see the wisdom of that person. You don't see the kindness of that moment. Like, for example, he's very angry at that moment, so therefore he's for sure not you don't see that he's a kind person. At that moment when he's very angry, his attribute of kindness is in the utmost concealed state. Nevertheless, through the fact that you call this person 
at that very moment where he's angry, you call him that he's the most, he's a kind person, Shul Bal Chesed, that he's a very Bal Chesed, he's, 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 all, he's, just a, he's such a kind person, always doing kindnesses, tzedakah, helping people, even though at that moment it's so hidden and he's experiencing kas, you're able to arouse by him his kindness again, bring it to the surface. And you're even able to arouse through this shvach, this praise, the hidden power of the of his quality of kindness. Even though at that moment where he's angry, there is not within his heart the capacity to do kindness at all. But nevertheless, through calling him a kind person, at that moment of his anger, you're able to arouse him and bring that kindness to the surface through calling him by this these praises of being a kind person. So you're basically arousing even the most hidden aspect of his kindness, which is so hidden by his anger in order to bring it to the surface. And so too we can apply this to the quality of Wisdom, like we see clearly, sometimes a person is not experiencing any intellectual insights. He's not getting, he's not really copying anything. It's just in a state where he's just not getting things. His brain, it could be he's tired, it could be, it could be he's just not in that. Different times of the day, at nighttime, he's tired. But through the fact that you praise the person by calling him wise, able to arouse his hidden wisdom, which is hidden deep within his soul at this moment. It's totally concealed, but it's hidden within his soul still. To the extent that through this shvach that you're praising him as a um, his great wisdom, able to arouse by him, revealed by him, by this by this shvach, such intellectual insights, such lofty insights, that they're even higher than the revelations that he experiences from the the direct revelation from his abstract source of Sikh. Meaning, the Shvach can even bring out greater insights and greater revelations than if just in a time when, let's say, he's having a good time, his Sikhal is working well, but he's not being praised at that moment. He's experiencing revelations from his Kayachamaskal and He's copying things. He's getting big intellectual insights, but when you're when you're him because of this is chokma, then you're even able to bring out loftier revelations of seichel. This is the idea of nazir. We see these interesting praises that the praise The whole purpose of this seems like a weird thing. Praising him, which seems it could be related to a yeshus to say that about the Rashbi, but you're saying like, why? Why is it necessary to praise him? It seems like a very shitchis type of thing. Why does he need praise? Um, but the point is, because the praises are actually they have a deeper purpose. Praising the Rashbi and praising a person brings out these hidden, hidden potentials that he has, these hidden powers that are usually not revealed even when he's having a good day, so to say, he's having a good. Day his intellect is working well, but the praises bring out a deeper level. It's the hidden the hidden that he has. It's arousing it, even the deeper levels of these kaiches to bring about even higher revelations than he usually experiences. And that's what they were doing it to the Rashbi to bring out even higher levels of his seichel or higher revelations of teda, of soydis teda. 
So we can conclude from this that before that we called this person, this person was called wise, even the person himself didn't know that he had this potential for this level of wisdom. Because he wasn't experiencing any revelation of his wisdom. And especially even if he was experiencing revelations of wisdom, but these lofty levels which only are brought about through the praise. He never experienced at all beforehand. It's as if at this very moment when he's being praised, he's becoming wise at this moment. In his eyes, in his eyes he didn't realize. He could never, he could, it could be that he never realized he was this wise. Or he never realized he was wise at all. And this kriya, this shvach, is being ma'udr and being megalat to him and revealing to him that he is wise. So now let's take this concept of the shvachim to divinity, to godliness. And through calling Hashem by certain names, by his names, just by calling him by his names, which are, like I said earlier, just relating to lower levels of divinity, more external levels, not to the essence of the person or not to the essence of divinity, just by calling by his name, by Kael, Elikim, Havai, all these names of Hashem, or all the descriptions, Chanum, Merachim, etc., who Nasech Chochem Kivyachol, you're calling Hashem a great Chochem, he becomes wise, so to say. The Hikaris Maitzel Eir Chochem, to be called the emanator of the divine energy that enlivens the character trait of Chochem, the sphere of Chochem. That's when you call Hashem Chochem, you praise Hashem for his great Chochem, that is what is bringing out revelation from his very essence to be revealed within the sphere of Chachmah. And through, so, and so too, through calling Hashem, praising Him, that He's so kind, you arouse Hashem's essence that should be drawn down from His very essence, a level of divinity, a level of godliness that should enclose into the sphere of, of, of Chesed, that should be enclosed, should be able to be a source for the divine energy which it clothes in the sphere of the emanated sphere of Chesed. It's bringing out these hidden kachis into the Gili. But there is something which is not comparable to the analog and the analogy. In the analogy, within the person there exists these qualities, these faculties of wisdom, of kindness in a concealed state. Which are namely these essential keches, which are rooted in the essence of the soul, which basically is the abstract power for all types of chesed, the abstract power for all types of wisdom. It exists within the essence of the soul. And when you praise a person by these names, these descriptions, wise and kind, they're just calling out, revealing these hidden powers from the, their hidden state within the essence of the soul to the revealed state within the actual faculties of kindness and wisdom. The truth is that these keiches, these spheres of Chochmah Chesed don't exist at all within Hashem's very essence. They have no existence, like we said earlier, like the Flintstone. The keich of Eish doesn't exist, the Eish doesn't exist there at all. It's just the keich for Eish, but not the Eish itself. So all these keiches, the atmospheres that exist, they don't exist within Hashem's very essence, how they're rooted within His essence. And through calling Hashem, like praising Him by these, by these qualities, um, then you're actually bringing about 
the hidden state of these kaychis. Nasa b'chinas ha'alim, but even shekaydim akriya haya poshah b'tachvis. To the extent that before you called the Shem by these, these descriptions, these qualities, it was totally poshah b'tachvis. The utmost simplicity stripped from any definition, the utmost abstract essence of Shem. There was no definition at all. Now you're calling Hashem Chacham Chesed. You're revealing these keiches, not revealing them. You're almost like you're creating them. They didn't exist before him. It was just the utmost simplicity of Hashem's true essence. And now you're creating these levels in the esoteric psychosis. You're bringing them to be to be. The idea before you called out the Shem by these names, even in, in even in a concealed state, these there was no existence for these Aidis, for these divine energies which were relating to the emanations of Chesed of Chokhmah. Like we said earlier, there is no existence to the ten Sphiris The ten hidden Sphiris do, do not have an existence at all. They are totally one with the simple, undefined, abstract essence of Hashem. But through the Kriya, you're revealing these spheres, not yet into the actual revealed state of Vatsilis, but you're revealing them to be a source for those spheres of Vatsilis. Even though we're saying that they're called the ten hidden spheres, meaning that they are hidden, they're hidden, that's implying that they are hidden within the essence. There is an existence which is hidden. But in it, in it, it's not a real true idea. It's not a, a true metzias which is hidden. In and of itself. Like by a person that he does actually have these kaychas, these abstract sources, these kaychas of chesed, of chokhmah, in the essence of the soul. It's not true by the ten spheres like gnuzis. Even though we're calling them gnuzis, they're not, it's not an in it, it's not true in and of itself. There is no as a spheres in this, how they're totally absorbed in Hashem's essence. They don't exist there at all. This idea of the Mitzvah of these spheres is only brought about through the Kriya, through the Shvach, praising Hashem by these traits, these qualities. Our arousal from below, basically, our arousal from below in Chesed or Chochmah. Just like the revelation from the concealed state is brought, that, brought about through our Aveda down here, meaning after these spheres are already created, already exist in a concealed state, in order to be arouse them, you have to be aroused them through the chesed down here. So too, the helim nasa isi When you mishabeach Hashem through chokhm chesed, you're bringing about the helim state, the concealed state, from Hashem's true abstract essence, creating the helim state of these spheres. And then after the Helm state exists, then you can actually be revealed, reveal them from the Helm to the Gili through your Vedil. The only existence which these spheres do have within the true essence of Hashem is the fact that through um, that through the fact that you call Hashem by these names, these qualities, there will be created the concealed state of these levels, which eventually will be drawn down to the Gili in the world of Atzilas. 
meaning beforehand, Esther's Agnuses truly don't exist. They're Pashat Patachas Apshitas, just like Hashem in its true essence is Pashat. Unlike the Kachas Atmi, which do have somewhat of a Metzias in an abstract way. But the Metzias that they do have is not a real Metzias, but the Metzias that they do have can be defined in the fact that within Hashem's essence there is the potential that when you call him by these qualities, these qualities will be created. Not that they will be revealed. First, they have to be created in a concealed way. And then eventually be revealed to the world of Atzilus. So now this analogy, it's understood that this analogy of the idea of Shemais is a lot more Pashat. It's saying that the Sphiris are a lot more stripped from any existence, even more incomparably from the, all the other Mishalim which we brought before, the Tzorah Cholomish, the Flintstone. Here when you're talking about the Shemais of Hashem, we're saying that the Asher is like the Siddhah of Shemais, that you call out a person by a name, praise him, it brings to the forefront, reveals these qualities. By Hashem, this idea is that they didn't exist and calling Hashem, praising by these names, is bringing these existences into being. And beforehand, they didn't exist at all. So this is a lot more bringing out the Pshitas aspect of the Esther Sirtis a lot more than all the other, other analogies like the Flintstone. That's still in the Flintstone. There is a potential the power for fire within the stone. And like the essential powers of the soul. But nevertheless, even though there are essential Kechas which are totally abstract like that abstract stripped essence of the soul doesn't have any definition. Nevertheless, there's still Kechas there. Well, the fee muscle zeb, according to this analogy of the, of the names, who shall lo yesh eshem adrigus afil implies that this analogy of the names that there is no levels, even potential for levels yet. Rak zois mashi is hava kechanel my dekirichol. The only existence that there is is the fact that if you call him by these names, they will be brought into being, into the concealed state through these shvachim. But there is no existence until you call out by these names. Until you praise Hashem by these names. So we could say that the analogy for this within the soul, the closest we can get to this in the soul, higher than the Kechis Atmim, is the fact that the, the analogy is that the, the soul itself, its very essence, before it has any definition at all, even of the Kechis Atmim. That the soul itself is no It carries within itself the potential because of the soul is the utmost is the shlemus of the nefesh, like I said, just like the shlemus of the true essence of Hashem. He's the ultimate sholim, shlemus of the koyel. Therefore, he must include the potential for all keches. The nefesh also has the potential for all keches. It's which do not exist yet within the soul. And meaning the defined way of not even in a stage of essential before that even the nefesh has the potential has the because of its utmost completeness has the potential for all these types of the, all the etc. at that stage or the before even the essential of the soul all these one entity without any difference between each other even in an abstract way just that within the essence of the soul he carries the essence of the soul carries because of its completeness carries the potential for all these 
ideas. And they come from the soul in a way of a of a drawing down and revelation. Which that seems to say even more that even in this that muscle is not a true muscle because here you're saying that even in this level rather than the nefesh is neisi keiches they still the keiches come from that level in a way of amshacha vegili not in a way of hisavus of a new creation whereas Hashem the esrusiris agnuzis they're actually created when you mishabeach Hashem by these names you call them by these names you're being you're creating them in their concealed state to then eventually to be able to be revealing them through our voida down here. Stop there at the end of the mimer.